Welcome to Talk Story, a podcast for the pilots of Hawaiian Airlines. Uh, we're here with uh, MEC Master Chair, Captain Larry Payne, our uh, Negotiating Committee Chairman, Captain Doug Grant, and uh, Negotiating Committee Member, uh, FO, Ethan Pearson Pomerantz. Hi, guys. Hey. How's it going? How are you, uh, we're, we're good. So oh. we just got a briefing from the uh, Negotiating Committee, and we uh, were presented a final language uh Agreement, final language agreement. A final language agreement uh, of the potential new contract 2023. Let's talk about the process that got us here, and um, it was a year-long opener, which is quite rare for Section Six World. And we uh, have been going now for almost twenty. 20 months. Yeah, about that. COVID, about, just about two years. COVID took a little wow. bite into that time where we yeah. got sidetracked a little bit. But but no, it's been, since the opener, it's been almost 20 months. It's It's been a grind. Um, a lot of a lot of the changes that occurred uh, were actually negotiated quite a while ago because we did uh, change a lot of uh, how we are scheduled, um, creating uh, schedule flexibility takes a long time to get a lot of that language worked out. So without even getting to economics, we spent a tremendous amount of time negotiating uh, work rules and getting that final language done quite a while ago. Larry, just in a nutshell, for, for a normal line pilots not quite in tune with the negotiations process, what does this deal mean for our normal line pilots? I mean, our, our goals were to achieve an industry contract at Hawaiian Airlines. And to perfect, we, the, 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 the pilots through polling and surveys and pub events and darts and all the other means of communications formed, um, direction by the, the MEC on behalf of the pilots to what we were supposed to negotiate and looking at the metrics that um, all those surveys and everything put together, we met, uh, I, I, I feel the negotiating committee gave the MEC exactly what we were directed to get. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a real, um, almost, I think it's a, the big change, or if you want to call it generational change in our contract, um, is how we are scheduled. Um, Ethan's going to be doing a podcast in a couple of days talking about scheduling, but we have not changed how we are scheduled probably since the eighties. Really? And that's why we have this daily flight schedule on a printed piece of paper. Yes. Dinosaur. Yes. And everything's based on calendar days. Yes. We're clawing our way into the current century. That's, that's we're a no, buzzword. We're, we're actually clawing our way into the last Century. <laughs> I already made that joke. <laughs> We're almost there. Yeah. And um, no, it's 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 it really allows technology, which the pilot group wants to be implemented here at Hawaiian Airlines. When when you're using 1970 and 1980 pr- uh, processes, it's impossible to bring technology um, to the pilots and things like a live dashboard of, a, Hey, where am I on the reserve call out or absolutely what's being assigned next? Or even as simple as not having to call a crew scheduler to have your schedule pushed, uh, mm. by a computer. 
I mean, that's the, that's the key right now. Everything is done by a scheduler, um, by allowing and changing how we are scheduled. A program can now do that function that a person was allowed to do, which creates efficiencies for the company. We're not going to not talk about efficiencies, sure. but um, it's a benefit to the pilots. So the, there are efficiencies for the company that are beneficial to the pilots. And it's a win-win for both of you because it's, yes. uh, uh, it's the things that sort of dragged us down were just the antiquated system, the antiquated style of scheduling, the antiquated, hey, you got to call somebody and leave a voicemail and hope they call you back and we kind of smooth things out. It's the antiquated manual processes here at Hawaiian Airlines. The pilots didn't like it, schedulers didn't like it, and we we smoothed that out. Ethan, let's talk about other quality of life improvements. Uh, quality of life pulled super high on uh, basically any poll we brought out to the pilot group. But what what things are in this agreement that uh, improves pilots' quality of life? I think there's two different categories of quality of life. One is things that build credit time more quickly, which basically gives you more days to do what you like, whether it's days off or to pick up more flying or whatever it might be. And then the second is how you're actually treated at work, the the things you have to deal with while at work. So working backwards from there, the, the things that improve, make your life better, uh, better deadhead language, business class deadheads on anything longer than five and a half hours uh, at the time of booking, if the ticket's available uh, from Hawaii to the West Coast, um, better hotel language, long, long overnight or 20 hours or greater overnight hotel language, uh, moving all of the or many of the recommended selection criteria into required selection criteria. So ideally, there's a lot of things in this contract that will allow pilots to have a more, I don't want to say enjoyable experience, but a better experience while at work. So that's quality of life. Also, quality of life is things that build your credit quicker. So uh, moving the minimum flight grouping credit, the MFGC, to five hours, uh, increasing the value of the vacation day. These are all things that give you more credit in the month. Get to your 75 hours now, ALV floor in the future, uh, quicker, and you have more days off. And whether you fill those days with picking up more flying or you fill them with stuff at home, that's totally up to the pilot, but those are quality of life improvements. And I, I think while we're in negotiations, the thing I realize the most about uh, as an MEC member is a lot of people are attracted to the big shiny number at the end of the day, the pay rate. But there's so much more in the contract that makes um, the quality of life, uh, quality of life improvements in the contract more attractive than let's say a big pay rate larry can we talk about that a little bit we did spend a lot of time on uh compensation but in the end of the day what makes pilots happy is a lot of these little improvements it's all the little stuff buddy yeah. all the little stuff the pay rate's obviously important i mean that's kind of ultimately where everybody goes to look but it's all of the other stuff uh as a culmination in the contract that's just as important Frankly, just as important. Like deadhead language, no matter how much you're paid, if you're in the Absolutely. middle seat on a trans-Pacific flight, you're not going to be happy. Absolutely. And again, I just, we just go back to the polling. What is the stuff that you want? We serve at the pleasure of the pilots. You know, what is the stuff that they want? We did a lot of polling. And this was all we feel like, as Doug said, we satisfied, you know, all the goals that the pilots set out for us to satisfy. I think a perfect example is the, uh, you know, before... Uh, when we were traveling to training, 
it was just travel training. You were getting three hours a day or 4.17 for CQ. And you were on a 10 hour flight to Brisbane. Well, in now coach. in coach. Now, when you're traveling to uh, uh, tra- travel to training, it's considered deadhead. There are some pay and credit issues. There are differences, but it's now you're going to be when you're going from Honolulu to Brisbane, you're in first class. It's greater than 10, 10 hours of duty period. You're guaranteed to be in first class and your credit's going to be dependent upon that 4.17 or three hours, but your pay is going to be based on that block. So you're going to get paid for that 10 hours of sitting in first class, going down to um, Australia for, uh, for CQ and for long, long training on the 717. That's a, that was a critical thing that pilots were constantly complaining about is how long they were sitting for travel to Brisbane for the 717. Nothing like being stuck in the back for a long time and then having to go to training the next day. Yes. It really puts a damper on you. Doug, there's a lot of uh, small improvements in the contract. Tell me, what's the most obscure thing in here that you negotiated and what, what how minute did it get? Oh, there, there's always little tiny stuff. And I always joke, um, you know, parking. You know, the uh, we have parking language for domiciles. Uh, with the freight, um, you know, we have language dealing with parking at the Gateway Cities, but there was a lot of questions about how that was going to work. And it's amazing how much time we spent dealing with getting a letter from the company to verify that really? a Gateway City, um, I need to have parking in a Gateway City. I mean, it's just a letter, but you spend time. And that took some time to get. You, every, everything you do takes time. Wow. And, um, and it, you know, that's, that's negotiations. It is a grind. Yeah. A 20 month grind. 20 months. So if pilot wants to research the changes, uh, in this latest agreement, what's the best way to do it? And what should, uh, they look for when they're, when they're re- doing the research before they cast their vote? So what you're going to see is we're going to put out a couple, we're, two main dot. When you talk about the main body of the contract, we're going to have two documents go out and in one is going to be track changes. And what you're going to see is track changes from a, uh, if you want to call it a corrected, um, PWA. So about more than a year ago, almost two years ago, we started a project to do a lot of corrections in our current PWA. And that was correcting references, correcting, he, she, you know, putting more general neutral um, uh, verbiage in the contract, um, correcting some just poor language. I mean, it just, it, you know, missing a word. These were like dinosaurs from <laughs> yeah, the 70s and 80s. and We struck, we take out a couple DC, were there DC-10s left? Or there was we had some DC-9s, DC right? We had DC-9 language. We had flight engineer. Second officer yep. somewhere wow. still. Yeah, just things that didn't really apply. And so this anymore. was outside of Section 6. You just went in and started. So both parties went in. Yeah. And so we did a majority of the work and um, making sure that we did not change the intent of anything. But um, so we did that. And then the next step we did is we integrated all of our former, LO, all the signed LOAs. So when we actually started negotiating, we were negotiating from language that was current. So in the, when you look at the PWA 
without track changes, you're going to see solid lines on the right-hand side, and that means it's new language. If you see dashed uh, lines on the right-hand side, that means it's from an LOA. So that's you're not voting on the dashed lines. That's been agreed that's to. integrated already. That's already been in. But you are putting it into the PWA to solidify its place in, yes. in contract language. Yep. Because and there's a lot of times where people will ask a question to the grievance committee or the CCT and say, hey, can the company do that? I don't think they can do that. And you say, well, yeah, it was in an LOA that was signed five years ago. It's not actually in the contract body, so you'd have no way unless sure. you, went, you knew where to look. And this way, it's all in one spot and uh, provides much clearer and clearer references for all the pilots. As a block rep, that's one of the more frustrating things is that I know, let's say, engine runs at the gate. I know it exists that we get one hour pay no credit for an engine run at the gate, but it's floating in an arbitration or LOA somewhere in the atmosphere. So hopefully by the end of this, it's all streamlined and we are actually, most things are in one document. We're super excited uh, just being contract nerds. Uh, oh, we're speak for yourself here. Super excited about <laughs> our next process that both parties have agreed to is we're actually going to start integrating, once this is signed, we're actually going to start integrating all of those settlements and it's really going to become a living document that when you pull it up on your EFB, you're going to see the latest version. So, oh, yeah, like so an FOM or like, like an, a like a any yep. any other document in our EFB. Yeah, so it's going to be constantly updated. So if the grievance committee wins an arbitration, you know, three or four months later, when you pull up your EFB, it's going to have that that latest arbitration. So that document's gonna be the most up-to-date thing. And you're not gonna have this issue where I'm doing an engine start. Right. What's the rules? Right, well, right, it's gonna right. be on your EFB what the rules are for and what the pay is for an engine start. So that's another exciting thing and the company is 100% on board. A linkable, uh, searchable document. Yep. Wow, we're entering 2008 yeah. here, man. Now, now our contract is gonna be in the in the current century. Yeah. I'm not sure if our scheduling will be quite there, but our contract will be. And let's talk about that a little bit. Integration, we don't, let's say this this deal ratifies, we don't snap our fingers and overnight things change. There are a bunch of, especially when we get down to things like scheduling or uh, bidding or vacation, it, there's gateways, so to speak, in the future where things slowly turn on. So there's really two ways to look at it. We have our hard date switchovers. Those are negotiated dates in the contract. And then we have kind of, you want to call it soft implementation. And that's where the, we have a letter of agreement that there's going to be uh, a joint committee, two people from the company, two people from the association. And they're really, it's, it's going to be a continuing negotiation about when exactly something gets turned on because a lot of it has to do with with technology processes pay it's you there's a lot of moving parts and as you just said you cannot snap your fingers and have the entire contract be effective um you know on, on data signing larry as the uh, agreement language makes its way around the pilot group what's the best way that uh an average line pilot can get informed on what exactly is in the deal well, we're going to have, Doug's going to have, we've got this all, our comm plan is very strategic with this. There'll be comms coming out from the negotiating committee in the MEC, right? We're going to have roadshows, virtual roadshows. Tune into those, definitely. You can always file a DART. We've created a category yep, under contract DART. 2023. Contract 2023 and DART. Uh, I say this reluctantly, but they can always reach out to their rep uh, with questions. 
and what else are you doing? That's about it. And, and they'll do sits, some crewroom sits. They'll do some crewroom and coffee sits uh, in between now and when voting opens. I'm sure we'll have P2P volunteers. And while voting's going on, too. Going around. So the crewroom sits will be basically while voting occurs. So a majority of our all-pilot calls um, and comms will go out prior, so the prior to the commencement of voting, so the pilots are fully informed when the voting starts. But um, we found very helpful in our last contract that uh, the crew room sits during the voting period is critical. So um, you're going to have one to two negotiating committee members um, doing crew room sits every day for that uh, two-week period. And before you vote, make sure you, you take advantage of all this outreach that uh, the NC is putting out for you. It's, it's important to be informed, know everything, uh, all the changes within the document, and it's, it's fairly easy. You can tune into any of these all-pilot calls. And as I understand, Doug, you're going to have themes in each call. So we'll have breakdowns in specific sections. So no two calls will be the same. No two calls are gonna, ever going to be that. No, cool, no two <laughs> all-pilot calls are ever the They're same. They're fun to put on, though, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Um, the, what the goal is, is for the first couple all-pilot calls will be basically very broad looking at everything and then as we get questions and darts and everything else come in we're going to focus each of the next uh, all pilot calls into like answering those questions not as much as the big giant powerpoint um, presentation but really just sitting on an all pilot call answering questions and everybody knows how I love to do that. Doug, you're not only the uh, NC chair here, but you're a EVP for Alpa National. And it seems like this cycle, everybody was negotiating around the same time. There's a lot of trading notes and a lot of collaboration between HAL MEC and Alpa National. Can you just clue us into the, the process it, it took to, to get to this point? It's, there is, uh, you know, Alpa National gives us a tremendous amount of support. And the, I've been on the collective bargaining committee since 2017, and that has been a critical um, venue for, for cross-collaboration between properties. Um, you know, I am talking to the, the, the negotiating committee chair or one of his members all the time at different properties, and we're constantly uh, talking to each other. We have, there's a tremendous amount of trust that goes on um, with with those talks um i can tell you that um as we're doing this uh, before it gets you know a couple minutes before it gets put out to our pilots i'll be making phone calls to other properties going hey this is what we're sending out this is where you know and i will talk about how it affects um, each property differently um, some properties we're going to be helping out tremendously um, other properties it it's it may cause some Consternation. Consternation. Sure. Um, because every contract's nego being negotiated differently, and we're all in Section 6. And, you know, Delta, as everyone saw, released their final language today. I'm, I've been pouring through what they've been sending out and how they're sending out so that maybe we can look at how, if, if stylistically, sense up to do something differently here. Well, thanks, guys, for taking the time. I look forward to seeing you on the uh, all-pilot calls and in the crew room sits. Uh, if you have a, a question, send us a dart or email at howcommunications at alpha.org. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, just me and Ethan here. We'll talk about 
uh, scheduling contract language in the uh, new agreement and uh, get into the nitty-gritty there. We'll see you next week. Aloha. Thanks.